Hello guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I have a powerful word from the Lord today, and it's a powerful word, but it's a word of correction. Um, let's get into it, guys. So as I was in my private time with the Lord, he was ministering to me, and he took me to the book of Matthew. And as you can see from the title, it says the hireling, the misuse of spiritual leadership or spiritual authority. So God is wanting me to talk about today the misuse of spiritual leadership and spiritual authority. I didn't really correlate this with what he wanted me to teach because I actually had another lesson that he actually had me to write down a week ago that I thought I would just teach that. But then this message came. So then as I as he began to take me in the word of God and he began to have me to read and study Matthew 10 and 27, which talks about the hireling, right? He then um, after that began to minister again to me either the next day or I believe it was the very next day and began to minister to my spirit and tell me how it wasn't a coincidence that I landed on Matthew 10 and 27, that this is the word that he wants me to speak today for this particular week in this particular moment. Um, and then he also began to tell me that that correlates directly with um, <clears throat> spiritual abuse and spiritual authority in the body of Christ. This word is for the body of Christ, it's for leadership. If you're a leadership in any capacity, and you've heard me teach on leadership before, I have a couple of videos, Leadership is Influence, that's a powerful video as well. Um, and then I have the false prophets and teacher videos. But this particular one is, is a little bit different in the sense that he's speaking directly to the hireling, the ones that are either not called or sent and are speaking over a group of people, right? Or the ones that have been called and commissioned, but has kind of strayed away from the original um, uh, assignment that he has called them to do. Um, and that's easy to do as leaders. And I, you know, as a leader, um, I've, I've been under spiritual abuse, right? And I have been in a position where I have been corrected um, to stay on the, the, the straight and narrow path when it comes to the people of God. And I speak this all the time, guys. If you want to know how God really feels about people, just look at the cross. Look what he did for people. Look how he died for people. Look at the intensity of the death, right? It wasn't just like somebody shot him or stabbed him and he was dead. He went through a brutal beating. He took on the feelings of the of of, of everything, of the rejection of the the um everything that we've gone through in life. He has taken it on on the cross and he was bludgeoned to death. He was his beard was ripped from his face. And I have to say this because I don't think we really understand the magnitude of how God feels about people and about his sheep. And he's wanting me to hone in and, and speak about this today because there's a lot of spiritual abuse of authority in the body of Christ where you will find that in certain instances that God has called someone to uh, minister or to be a, a, a shepherd over his people. And then as time goes on and pride sets in or just, um, 
you know, just misuse and handling of people um, or patience wears thin because you're under so much pressure and the weight of the world to seem like it's on you. We begin to then look at people in a different light. You know, have you ever been to a church or in a ministry where it all started out beautiful and the word of the Lord was coming and the power of God would fall? And then as <clears throat> time went on, it seemed like the love got cold, right? The love got cold. And I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say right now, this is the, the thing that he was talking about in the book of Revelation when he began to talk about the seven churches. This not in my notes. He began to talk about the seven churches and he began to talk about how each church needed to repent and change. And each church had an issue with the exception of two churches. And I know we all want to think that we are the two churches. We are the exceptions that Christ is talking about. But I'm here to tell you the Bible was written for believers. I'm going to say that again. The Bible was written for believers because, you know, the Bible says without, um, you know, holiness, no man will see the Lord. But unless you are born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. That's why unbelievers, when they read the word or when you speak in the word to them, they don't even understand because they don't have the revealed knowledge that the um, Holy Spirit gives us as believers. So when you go to the book of Revelation and you begin to think about the seven churches that God was speaking to, he's talking to the churches, not unbelievers. For some reason, I think as believers, we want to think that God is talking to everybody else except us. But the Bible says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. That means the people of God. If my people, my people are who are called by my name, not the ones that's doing their own thing. You know, the world is doing what they're supposed to do if they don't know Christ, right? But he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. And I'm paraphrasing. So let's get into it. So the Bible begins to talk about, um, you know, the hireling, right? In Matthew 10. But before I go to Matthew 10, I want to pray and that these words fall on the ears that need to hear it. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will direct and uh, strategize this video to get into um, the person or the group of people that needs to hear this because God is speaking loud and clear and he will not reckon with the enemy when it comes to his people. His sheep are his most valuable possession. He died for them. So... Not to say that we're not corrected and we're not rebuked and God loves those that he corrects, but he also says, with loving kindness do I draw thee. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me, not to the shepherd, not to the person who is pretending to be the shepherd, right? So before we get into the hireling, he first told me this, Matthew 10 and 27, it reads, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. 
and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And before I get into this, this is not an attack on the apostles, the prophets, the leadership in the body of Christ, because I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is strictly a conviction and an assignment. Um, and God had to remind me of that because these messages are not popular, but it's powerful and it's life changing if you will receive it with 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 a right spirit. Right. As a leader, because sometimes as leaders, we think we have arrived. We think all there, all we know is all there is to know. But I'm going <clears> to <throat> say this again, and I have said this before, to every David, there's a Nathan. To every Joseph, to every Potiphar, there's a Joseph. And to every Pharaoh, there's a Moses. God always have a remnant, and he always have a ram in the bush, and he will always send a, a song of <clears throat> uh, Samuel to us all. So don't think because you're a leader, we have arrived. Just as, as a leader as I am, I humble myself. And, I need, and if I need the correction, I, I receive it. It don't always feel good. You don't always want it. Sometimes I even want to turn the channel. <laughs> but sometimes it's necessary in order for you not only to grow, but in order for you not to fall into pride and be cast into out of darkness, into hell. I'm just going to keep it 100. Because sometimes as leaders, we can get so far off because there's no one around us. And even the people who we say we have spiritual counsel from, we get people around us that's going to tell us what we want to hear sometimes. It's not going to tell us the truth. So sometimes even with spiritual counsel, you're not, you're not under that authority every time or while you're in ministry, you're not under that authority, right? So with that being said, you might see your spiritual counsel every month or every six months, or you may be on the phone with them not every day. So when God brings a word of correction, we just want to heed at that moment, no matter how it comes, because we don't get to determine how to deliver, who sends it, right? We don't get to determine who delivers the word. So he says, whatever I tell you in the dark, and I believe that that word was not only for me to speak this word, but that word is also for the pastors, the apostles, the leaders, and the bishops and the deacons and all of the titles, you know what I'm saying? I believe that word was for both. It was twofold for me to speak it. And it's for those who are, have fear of man when they're speaking to people to speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. Not to shake your finger at people, not to judge, be judgmental or be critical, but to speak the truth in love because God will always, even though he corrects us, he will always provide a way of escape, meaning he won't just tell us what we're doing wrong, but he'll show us how to get to the other side to make it right. The Bible says there is no temptation that has seized you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But if you are tempted, he will provide a way of escape. God always provides a way of escape. Because the truth of the matter is, nobody cares how much you know, how much, what doctorate you have, what kind of education you have. Um, they, they don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can't separate love from discipline. The Bible says God disciplined those that he loves. So love has to be in a company with that discipline and with that correction. And how do you know? I'm glad you asked. Let's keep, let's keep moving. 
So Matthew 27, 10 and 27, it talks about what you, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight, what I whisper in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. And I'm reminded of the words that I got, the prophetic words that I got years ago from three different people, three different places at three different times. You have a sharp word of rebuke for pastors. And God reminded me of that while I was writing this message. So I'm really going to just really read, you know, and let the Holy Spirit, you know, take over what he said to me in, the, in my quiet time regarding this, because this is huge, because this can make or break your ministry. People wonder why their ministries are not growing. They wonder why they have that same click. They wonder why they have that same um, thing and that there's really no move of God. There's an emotional frenzy going on and there's hype. But there's no real demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit, miracles, signs and wonders breaking out, right? Maybe you'll get a prophetic word, but there's, but there's no real power behind the ministry. This may be it. So I'm going to go skip down to John 10. John 10 verses 1 through 2. It reads... One second here. Most surely, assuredly, I say to you, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will be, by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. So then Jesus began to say again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door. Okay. He is the only way of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, this is what I want to hone in on, but a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling is what I want to hone in on. But I had to read the uh, scriptures before that because Jesus said, if you didn't come through me, then you are a thief and a robber. This is why he began to say in that same breath that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's talking about steal, kill, and destroy his people. He's talking about the hireling is correlated with that whole story he was saying. Who is he talking about? He's talking about people who have been... Um, called, but they have not been sent. See, you have to understand that everybody has a call on their life. Everybody who was created has a calling, but the Bible says all are called, but few are chosen. So just because you have a calling does not mean that you have been commissioned and sent. So let me go keep going. So 
Jesus is talking about the hireling and how they come in through an illegal process, an illegal way. In other words, the Bible says, who has sat in the counsel of the Lord? Let me tell you what Jesus told me. He said to me while I was doing this message, he says, he says, and it's so, it's, it's something, y'all. He says, you impart what you get. If you have not said in the council, you have imparted flesh. I'm going to say that again. You impart what you get. And if you have not said in the council of the Lord, you are imparting flesh. This is why you get those prophets and those teachers and those people that are speaking uh, that they say they're speaking on God's behalf, but they're speaking in the name of God against God. Why? Why would I say that? Because the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is by the fruit you will know them. So this is the what God is saying. Let me go back. He is saying the gospel is, it must be preached and there is no other way on earth to get or to have a calling or to have a church or to have a ministry unless you go through Jesus himself. Because ultimately it's his ministry, it's his people. People don't belong to us, they belong to him. And a lot of times we get so connected and emotionally tied as leaders that we think people belong to us and that they have to do every single thing we say, jump, hop, and skip, and, and dance and grovel. But that's not what it's all about. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So let's talk about the hireling. What does that look like? Well, the first thing he gave me was preaching for gains. People that are preaching for gains, for self-gratification, for money, for uh, popularity, right? People that first, a hireling is one who probably have not had any deliverance. They started a ministry, but had no deliverance. And deliverance is not even present in the ministry. <laughs> a lot of people go to church. They give an offering. They get a message. And they go home. They leave the same way they came in. But again, I will say this. The presence of the Lord brings about change and demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming for the jugular today. Because it's too many millions of Christians, of believers that are sitting in places under abusive and spirit under abusive authority and going through the motions, but not really being fed the way God wants them to be fed, not really being cared for the way God wants them to be cared for, not really being taught in love and kindness do I draw thee, he says. But it's more so shaking their fingers and telling them about all the things that they're doing wrong, but not bringing them over to the other side and, and giving them a, providing a way of escape. What is the way of escape? God said the way of escape is deliverance. It's deliverance in that church. It's power of the Holy Spirit in that church. It's the gifts of the Spirit in operation. That's what providing a way of escape is all about because it's it's a given. We are flawed. We're going to have demons when we first come to Christ throughout our journey. We're constantly being delivered. We're constantly being um, changed and formed into the image of God. That's why I say once you get saved, you're not done. You have to, God is continuously 
transforming and conforming us into the image of Christ. That means we go from glory to glory. That means we should not look the same way we looked last year. The issues that we dealt with last year, we still should not be dealing with them this year, right? So when we talk about a hireling, we're talking about a person that has not sat in the counsel of the Lord. The, who is that? What does that really mean? That means a person who does not have a prayer life, a person who is not praying for the body of Christ, that he's flocking or she's flocking or that he's covering, right? There's a difference in being a covering and being a lid. There's a difference being pressed down, being abused, being told what you did wrong. Or everything that everything revolves around the apostle and the prophet to serve and run and, and slip and slip. I'm just going to say it. And it's nothing about the people, right? It's nothing about the people being set free from their oppression, from their from from demonic influence, right? People have issues when they walk into a building. People need deliverance. People need to be set free. Bible says the son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. If it's not about the people, then who is it really about? If it's not about the people, we might as well pack up and go home, right? Why? Why am I saying this? And I'm saying this in the, in the most respect and in most love for authority because the Bible says that we are to respect authority, right? And I'm saying this because this is how ministry comes to a standstill. This is how religion sets in. This is a great landing strip for religion and tradition, because the power of God is what's going to change the lives of the people. So the hireling has no prayer life. <clears throat> He's in it for selfish reasons or for gains or for popularity or for attention. Because some people didn't get attention. This is why I say when you get into ministry, the first people in line for deliverance should be the leadership in that ministry. Those are the first people that should be in line. The first is the apostle or the prophet or the pastor or the teacher or evangelist, the deacons, the elders, anybody that's laying hands or anybody that is speaking over someone else. Because what's in you will come out. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in you is going to be projected onto the people. And what end up happening is the sheep begin to scatter. And then what's in you begin to pop up in the, in the congregation. So if you're a homosexual, that's what begin to pop up in the home in the congregation. If you're a mean and angry person, that's what pops up in the um, congregation. If you're a gossiper, if you're a slander, that's what pops up it. If you're sexual immorality, having sex with people in the church, that's what pops up in the congregation because it flows from the head down. It starts with the top. This is why God wanted me to deal with the top the serpent, the octopus, and chop the head off of this thing so that people can be free and walk in deliverance and walk in the love of God and walk in the compassion. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. If there's no compassion, the Bible says, well, what measure you use, it would be measured back onto you. So while you're judging and criticizing others, that what, what does your measuring stick look like? When it's time for you to have mercy, because we remember we're flawed, we're going to need that same mercy. The Bible says whatever measure you measure for someone else, that same measurement is going to be used for you. This is why it behooves you to have love and com compassion and kindness and for the fruit to be made manifest. Ooh. So he also said a hireling is a non-committal to the souls that are under his flock. No prayer. I just mentioned that. No deliverance, no counsel, no fruit, no love. Just a feel-good servant, an offering, and he's out the door. 
or she's out the door. He has no prophetic insight into the people's lives, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. No power, no demonstration of the Holy Spirit, which is huge. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in that baby, it's just a routine and it's just tradition. I don't care how long they've been in ministry. I don't care how long you say you've been saved. And if God is speaking to someone that has been under that spiritual abuse or just been in that tradition, in that routine, I would implore you to get in your quiet time and to ask God, what do you need to do? Because he would never absurd authority. God would never go around the authority that you're under. That's why I say you, sub you, you submit to whatever you, you subject to whatever you submit to. And he is a God of order. He is a God of order. So he would never assert authority when you're under someone. This is why he either has to remove you out from under that or the person over you have to change in order to grow, in order for him to impart and take them to another level. When God is trying to take someone to another level, he either has to remove them or the person over them has to already be in that capacity because he will never go around that authority. He's a God of order, not a confusion. So, number three, he said, a hireling has the has, can sometimes have the prophetic gift and knowledge, but uses it to prostitute the gospel. In every sermon requires an offering. Oh, I'm going for the jugular today. Or conference or book sale of some kind. You, it's some channels you can't even look at unless you sow in a seed. You can't just get the word of God. I'm not saying that you're not supposed to sow because that is the laws and the principles of the land, sowing and reaping. More importantly, that is the principles of the kingdom of God, sowing. God says he gives seed to the source. So I'm not talking about not sowing. I'm not talking about trying to go around and circumvent the system. I'm talking about those that every time you turn the TV on or you turn, you go into a church, they can call you to the altar for an offering. They can call you to sow, but they're not praying and nobody's been delivered. Nobody's been set free from nothing. So they put the offering and the time stamp because they got about 30 to 40 minutes to do that sermon because they got three more um, uh, uh, classes or three more things coming behind that. I'm talking about the person who every time they're selling you a book, a conference is something that requires money. Now, this is also what God has shown me. God has also shown me those that start out really sweet and nice, like they really want to help the people of God. And then once they get the following on YouTube, and once they get the, the people following them, then the wolf come out. The wolf comes out and they begin to talk down to people, calling them demons of poverty, calling them out of their names, because these are people that are new to the gospel in some cases. These are people that don't really have no shepherd or no direction. And instead of us drawing them with loving kindness and executing the patience of God like God has given us, we talk down to them and call them demons, it's nothing wrong with casting the demon out of a person, but you don't refer to God's people as demons. The devil is a liar. You don't abuse, that's spiritual abuse. And I've seen that time and time again where it all started out. And then once they, they hook the people, once the people are hooked and following their ministry, right? They then begin to talk down to them and talk about them. The devil is a liar. 
You need to repent if this is you watching this. You need to repent and renounce that demon of criticism and renounce the demon of condemnation because that's what it is. God's people are to be loved and cared for and spoiled. And I know that sometimes as leaders that you can be hit all kinds of ways, but the Bible says be suited and booted. That means put on the full armor of God because you know that everybody who you're ministering to does not have the spirit of the Lord in them. So you're going to be faced with trials. You're going to be faced with the think it not strange that some fiery trial has come upon you. In other words, while you act in shock, you know that these things are going to happen as a leader. And I'm talking to the leaders today. I'm talking to the leaders and I'm talking to myself as well, because the thing about it is I've been under that type of authority. And I'm telling you right now, it's a, a horrible thing, a horrible thing. But in the name of Jesus, you can be free from that. And then God shows you his heart. He gives you the eyes to see people the way he see them. But you have to ask for it. Lord, give me patience. Lord, I don't want to talk to the people like this. Lord, I don't want to feel like this. So, Lord, I repent and I renounce that demon that of criticism, the condemnation. And I come out of agreement with the enemy. I don't want nothing in me to be in common with him. So then I repent and Lord, I bind that spirit right now. And you can do self-deliverance. Then he began to talk to me um, and he said, number four, they preach the straight and narrow, but don't live it themselves. Just as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, instead of preaching Jesus, redemptive blood, the do's and the don'ts have become the focal point. The redemptive work at the cross is what we as leaders need to focus on, meaning the blood of Jesus can sever all demonic principalities. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus can conquer all. One word from God can destroy 40 years, 80 years of captivity. So Jesus' redemptive blood has to be preached, not the do's and don'ts. We are overcomers. You got to let people know they are overcomers. They can do this. You have to encourage. You have to edify. You have to exhort people. And if you just can't find it in yourself to do it, I would just have to sit myself down because you're not exemplifying the fruit of the spirit at that point. You're projecting your hurts. You're projecting your shortcomings onto the people. And that's not what God wants for us as leaders. We want to be able to grow the body. The Bible says, with loving kindness, do I draw thee? And then we have to ask ourselves, why are we really doing something? I had to ask myself that question. When we talk about YouTube and when we talk about the likes, when we talk about the, the money from YouTube, it, it's amazing to me because I wanted to get a thousand followers, right? So that I can be monetized. But then God began to tell me in that period, that's not your, that's not your uh, harvest. That's just the seed. It's not your harvest. Not to mention, since I've been on YouTube over a year and a half, I've received one $7 check. And then I can count on one hand how many people have actually sold into this ministry. But that's not what it's about because I'm doing this because this is what God wants me to do. I see the things that I teach on here that draws the attention. The most, the most views that I've gotten is the one that I did about the Shiba Inu coin. <clears throat> I got 13,000 views on that video. But then I said to myself, <clears throat> excuse me, it's easy to fall into that trap. The enemy brings those thoughts. Oh, you can just do some more of those videos. Maybe you'll get some more followers. Oh, the devil is a lie. I said, I'm not speaking anything that God does not want me to speak. If it's not popular, oh, well, I must obey Lord and obey man. 
It's not about the followers. It's not about the likes. Now, if those things come because God brings it, that's fine. But trust me when I tell you, this is out of obedience to God. This has nothing to do with me. This is all of him. And I wanted to say that and tell you that because sometimes people think because you monetize, you're making a whole lot of money. Do you know what it takes to even make really good money on YouTube? It takes a lot. It takes those 13000 50000 60000 consistently, not one time. And I got the deposit. I'm kind of veering away a little bit. I got the deposit in my account. And I said, what's this $7 for? I couldn't figure it out for a week. And then I went to my YouTube behind the scenes. I was in my studio and I seen the $7. I said, well, praise God. I said, that's the number of perfection. Lord, thank you for the $7. But that is not my harvest. That is my seed. Because I know that the things sometimes that God speaks is not popular, but it's powerful and it's life-changing. And that's what's most important to change lives, not to get the likes and the popularity. Although it may come, we have to stay focused as leaders. So he said, they preach the straight and narrow, but don't live it themselves. Just as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, instead of preaching Jesus' redemptive blood, we are overcomers. Are they casting out demons or prayers to free people? That's what he's saying to me. He said, Jesus said, with love and kindness do I draw thee. Does that mean correction or rebuke is not in order? Absolutely not, God says. But, it, but, but he says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I read that in a book, John Maxwell, The Leader Within You, years ago. And it talks about, John Maxwell has some great books on leadership, by the way. But he talks about how people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them. This is why if you discipline in a child, but you don't couple that with, with love, it, it, it sets up an altar for rebellion. Rejection, it sets up, is a spirit that works hand in hand with rebellion. This is why you have to rebuke, correct, and you have to still love and embrace and show them a more excellent way. God says there's a more excellent way, guys. So number five, he says the hirelings, the hirelings did not come through the door. Who is the door? Jesus clearly said he was the door. That means Jesus said, in other words, they have not gone through the right way and have been um, prepared, refined, and commissioned. Let's look at that because God talks about that. In Romans 10, he talks about being sent, right? He talks about people who have really been sent by him. And it's, this is huge because <clears throat> when you think about uh, somebody who's speaking into your life, right? Which has a lot of power because your spirit is open to that person. You think about somebody who is either sent by God or sent by the devil. And I say this all the time. So let's look at Romans 10. Romans 10 and 14, it reads, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Not the contaminated waste. The Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not contaminated waste as some is doing to people. So the hireling he's talking about. He's talking about that hireling. He's talking about making sure that 
as leaders that we see them the way God sees them, that we're serving the way God wants us to serve, that we're not doing our own thing and get caught up in the in the influence that we have over people. Because sometimes people can start off so great in their ministries and then all of a sudden they get caught up in themselves that the enemy has a landing strip of pride, a landing strip of all those things that you didn't get delivered from, he brings them up. You know, he's an opportunist. And when the Bible talks about the hireling, he also talks about the wolves. <clears throat> the Bible talked about the wolves and he talks about in John 10 and 7, where he talked about the, the wolves and he talked about um, the wolf coming in and scattering the sheep. And let me just say this. What is a characteristic of a wolf? We look at that because the Bible often refers to the enemy as the wolf, as the thief and the robber. When he talks about the hireling, he also talks about the thief and the robber. Wolves are the, char the characteristic of a wolf when the hireling is leave the sheep, right? Because they don't really have no real investment in the people. It's not really God-led or spirit-led. It's money-led or it's popularity-led or it's greed-led. So the wolves are wild and free, fierce Carnivorous animals that often sleep, listen to the characteristics, sleep during the day and wander at night. The Bible talks of the Palestine wolf, which was quite abundant at that time and even today. This type of wolf doesn't hunt in packs, rather it hunts alone looking for easy prey, especially in winter. The enemy looks for easy prey. That means when you have no shepherd watching for your soul, you are easy prey when you're sitting in a church with a hireling, somebody who really don't have your soul, your best interest at heart. The Bible uses different attributes of wolf depending on the context in scripture, right? So we know that different reasons God will use the wolf as a symbol, right? So in contrast, Jesus came that we may have life more abundantly. The hired man is clearly not the shepherd and the sheep are not his own. When the wolf comes to catch and scatter them, the hired man runs away. That's when God began to talk about me when I read that part about the spirit of abandonment. <clears throat> you are abandoned even if you're sitting in church and no real deliverance and no real love is being demonstrated. No real time is really invested in the people. They're boom, 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 get the next service going, get the offering taken. The next uh, crowd is getting ready to come in. Or they use it as an opportunity if they are called and they fall away by greed or they fall away because they have begun to develop pride or they have not been delivered themselves from, from things. So therefore, they're projecting all of that hurt. The Bible, the Bible says the, 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 the saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. So the enemy waits. He's an opportunist where in the beginning, that person was humbled. I've seen this time and time again on YouTube where people are so humble. They're starting out. They got their channel. And all of a sudden, they start talking to people like they're crazy. They start calling them out their name, all kinds of stuff. And when they started out, they were so humble and thankful and grateful. Why? Because the Bible says 
immediately the enemy comes to steal the word. And if there's no solid foundation, if there's no prayer life, and sometimes people think they really got a prayer life too. Sometimes they think, but you see it in the fruit and the way they talk because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It doesn't matter what they say and how they got their head bowed and how they prostrated over. Baby, that doesn't mean they getting through. So, the, the, the Bible talks about the hireling, right? And so God wants to heal leaders that are um, under this abuse or have been under this abuse or are projecting this type of abuse. There's always a way of escape. God is not um, mad at us. He wants the very best. In fact, this is an act of his mercy. Because if you want to grow as a person, as a believer, if you don't want to fall into the temptation of the enemy and then the Holy Spirit leads your ministry or if your ministry is at a standstill, I'm here today to tell you, you can be free from that, um, from that type of behavior. Number six, abusive authority. There's a difference between correction and abuse. There's a difference, God says. He said, he gave me two examples. He said, a spirit of correction, first of all, they live what they preach, right? And then he said, it's motivated by love and always edifies, it uplifts, it comforts, it brings a solution through the word of God. It gives hope, patience, kindness, and the fruit of God's spirit is displayed. <clears throat> Number two, the characteristics of an abusive authority. They're judgmental, they're critical, they're cold and prideful. There is no real connection to the people, just a rebuke when they stumble. With that measure you use, it will be measured back unto you. I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray that God will either heal those that have been in a, under spiritual attack and those that have been the ones projecting the spiritual attack. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters in Christ that I've laid eyes. It's not an accident. It's a divine appointment today. And I thank you, Lord, and in the name of Jesus, that you would touch the hearts and the minds of our leaders in the body of Christ. I plead the blood of Jesus over them from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. And I thank you, Lord God, that you have commissioned and those you have not commissioned, Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of the people to see where they belong, Lord God. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So Father, we bind every attack, every hurt, every trauma and every pain and every spiritual wickedness and every hot place that has tried to control and sit on the mind of the people. Lord God, our leaders, Father God, give them the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ, that they will have a divine encounter with your presence, that they will have a divine encounter with your angels, that they will be set free from the oppression, from the depression. And Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that they will speak the word of God and love. The Bible says, with loving kindness, do you draw thee, Father. So I pray that you will give them a heart of flesh and take out the heart of stone, Father, that you will give them the mind of Christ. Bind every wound, Lord God. Release the joy of the Lord in their spirit. Give them the tongue of the learned, that they will know how to speak a word in the season to those that are weary. Give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Let them lean not to their own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge you, Lord. So then you can direct their path and show them how you want your sheep shepherd. Show them, Lord God, 
Give them eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to perceive. And then we bind the enemy's tricks and schemes. Every spirit of religion, every spirit of tradition. I bind you. I curse you by the roots. I assassinate and I annihilate every spirit of witchcraft. Every spirit of mind control, every spirit of manipulation, I cast you out right now and back into the abyss from once you come. I speak life to God's people. I speak the anointing of increased favor. I speak the, the flow of the Holy Ghost in those churches, Father. I speak the flow of the Holy Spirit, the power and the demonstration, that dunamis power that would rest, rule, and abide in the church, in the atmosphere, and in the hearts of your people and your leaders. Let us not be confused or misled, but let us fall into the knowledge of the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And last but not least, the Matthew, the book of Matthew talks about being commissioned. The Bible says that we have to be as leaders commissioned. There's a difference. Everyone that has a calling has not been commissioned, God says. So just because you have a calling, there's a lot of people out here, they got titles, prophets, they got all these different titles, but have not been commissioned. There's a difference. I was commissioned by God to do greater works. It wasn't just enough for God to say, you're called to be a prophet. He then came behind that uh, months later and said, I'm commissioning you through a prophet. He told me that to do greater works. And I began to study that thing. And I, to try to understand what God was saying to me. Because I was like, okay, I thought I had a calling. But there's a difference in just having a calling and being commissioned. Because you can have a call of God on your life, but God is, has not sent you out yet. A commissioned person has gone through the refiner's fire. They have gone through testing. See, the thing about it is, prophets are made. I know we want to say prophets are born, and we are born with the gift, and we're born with the call. But the making of a prophet... It's a refiner's fire. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's everyone has their own path and their own relationship and their own purpose. So everybody's refiner's fire don't look the same. So don't lump yourself together. You're a unique individual. God has a purpose for you separately. And then there are some that have been commissioned and called, but still sitting under that abusive leadership. Again, there's a difference in being a lid and being a covering. Sometimes a lid can press you down to where you can't grow into your calling that God has for you. This is why it's vitally important to have a personal relationship with God. Because you will sit, I have seen people sit places for 40, 50 years. Generations have sat in churches and have not fulfilled the call of God on their life. Because they have sat in a place where God has told them to move. Or the leader has not been called and commissioned. They reverence, they have, it's, it's a whole thing, y'all. And you know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to read this last verse. And it says, Matthew 28, chapter 16, it reads, the great commission. This is what Jesus was saying. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Did you hear that? So unless God has taught you, you can't teach no one else. 
and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. I think that's what the Holy Spirit, why he wanted me to read that. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. That commandment is not him asking. It's a commandment. It's the great commission. That means he is commanding them to go forward, commissioning them to do the work of the gospel. And that is the good news. That is it. That is all. You guys have a beautiful weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, if you want to opt in to receive the prophetic encouragement, text live free at 770-692-7751. The link will be in the description. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and you guys have a beautiful weekend. And until the next time, I will see you in the next video. Bye loves.